When I was a child, I heard a story about a director who, by the way of directing two successful films, was given the chance to make whatever movie he wanted. A lot of coincidences had to come together for this movie to happen. First, it just so happened at this time, he got a call from one of the most famous actors in the world saying he liked his work. So, he wrote him a role in this newest film. He also wrote roles for all his normal actors, but he wrote these roles against type, giving John C. Riley a romantic plot, Philip Seymour Hoffman a simple character, and William H. Macy a big emotional part. Then a third coincidence happens. After working with Michael Penn on Heart 8, the director was able to work with his wife on this movie. He included several demos and unreleased recordings, as well as the original song, Over the Credits. Now, you might say that none of these things are actually coincidences and that this story is really more just a list of facts. That's a fair criticism. We're talking about Michael Life ain't short, it's long. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined as always by... I'm Mark Wallington, and I have a lot of love left to give. I used to be smart, but now I'm just stupid. I'm Chad Oliver. You used to be smart? The other one. (laughs) But now I'm just stupid. Okay. I mean, I knew you were stupid now, I just didn't know you used to be smart. Yeah, I used to be smart. I was on the quiz show. I was on the, the, what, kids, what do you know? Oh, you're the quiz show kid. Yeah, it was uh, Quiz Show Kid, the magical, mysterious Quiz Show Kid. Okay, okay, bet. Done. Um, so, uh, for real, though, were you guys ever a part of, like, Quiz Bowl or on a quiz team when you were, like, in middle school or high school? Um, we did, like, uh, I went to a Christian school. Mm-hmm. We did sword drills where you had to, like, flip to the... Uh, okay, sword drills aren't hard. I was asking if you've done I was something hard. very good at flipping to, like, Deuteronomy or sure. whatever so else. so was I. Yeah. I bet Mark was, too. Were you, Mark? I didn't have to do those because they already knew I was good at the Bible. Yeah. Mm. Um, boy. I, I was on Scholars Bowl in middle school, and I was pretty good at it i was the ringer um because people were very good at math right people were very good at science right Mm -hmm. people were very good at like other things what were you good at cody i came in for like truly what i'm good at now which is pop culture knowledge (laughs) one time i won the entire game by guessing the book the well now i'm not gonna remember I think it's called The Dark is Rising. They made some movie about it called, like, The Seeker or something. Um, but they asked, like, what book it was, and I was like, beep, beep, beep. Um, That's a weird sound for a buzzer in a quiz Mark game. and I That's actually like won beeper. money. Mark and I won money competing yeah. in a quiz game before. Um, I won Battle it, of the Bands once in, uh, in college, college, so... We were just bragging about random things that barely have anything to do well, with... Uh, ours, well, ours was trivia-related. <laughs> yes, it's trivia-related. Like, it's directly tied to at least right. 40% of this movie. There's so, music in Magnolia, and I won Battle of the Bands, so I want to sure. talk about that. Anyway, so Mark and I, like, it was for, like, a... Like, Auburn was, like, having some kind of, like, trivia event. Like, it was one of those, Their, like, like... student association had, like, a welcome mm-hmm. week thing that was trivia, and me and Cody were like, you want to go win this? <laughs> and ooh, guess what ooh. we did? Won it. We won the damn thing. I just remembered. I'm a two-time trivia winner at Sky Bar at Auburn. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I won a free thing. round of drinks for the table. Because uh, I was the one. It, it was like tied between two teams, and you go up for sudden death. Both times this happened. 
I won sudden death both times. I was the one to go up. Mark, Mark, Mark's our yeah, ringer because yeah. I get too stressed out. Like I know the answers, but I'm not as like good with my trigger finger. Well, so Mark, will- Mark went up. You're always going pee pee in your pants, and you can't stand up in front of everybody. Yeah, exactly. Hey, um, while I have you both here, because you both are my best men, I don't know if we've ever addressed this on the podcast, actually, weirdly enough, but you both are going to be the best men at my wedding, right? Well, best man and best boy. Best man and best boy. Um, Write it down in the bachelor party notes that we need to go to trivia night and just fucking own asses. Let's do it. No drinks for anybody. (laughs) We're not not in it to have fun. We're in it to win. No, we're going to own asses. I'm going to find a going dry to tear- trivia night. <laughs> we are going to tear all of Atlanta up. We are going to win every trivia. Find one that's like movie trivia too, if possible, Ooh. and we will destroy we'll their that. asses from We could do that. Space. I was actually going um, to try to find Hopefully some karaoke after. If, you, if we went to Friends trivia, all <laughs> of us would die that night. <laughs> like, I would do pretty good. Yes, and then I would kill myself. <laughs> I would kill myself because at one of my your, bachelor party. one of your best and men then, knows too much about friends. And then Olivia yeah. would be really yeah. sad and be like, "You're on a break. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Mm, smelly cat." Um. Anyway, so that's oh, the so best you, you know, you know your stuff. I know three things. Um, <laughs> this is Best Pictures, the podcast where we try to find our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. The way we do that is we each pick our favorites, and then we talk about what the Academy picks. Last week, we talked about Iron Giant, which is my pick, and now we're talking about Chad's pick, which is about a flower. Um, well, it's what it, a little known fact that this movie actually refers to uh, Magnolia uh, Boulevard <laughs> Avenue. I don't know. I think it's Mag. I think it's Avenue. Uh, Magnolia Avenue is a street in Auburn, so maybe that's what you're getting it confused. Maybe from, but I don't know. One of them streets in in the San Fernando Valley. Oh, sure. I saw somewhere (laughs) that it was named this because if you eat Magnolia bark, it cures cancer. And everybody has cancer in this movie. (laughs) Right. I've heard that it was named Magnolia because he was adapted or he was tapped to like adapt a remake of Still Magnolias. And he was like, okay, I'll do it. And then he handed them this movie. And they're like, what the fuck? This this isn't what you were hired to do. This is this is crazy. (laughs) What is this? He was like, I mean, we'll make it. But okay, I'll steal your money and make Magnolia. How's that for steel like, magnolia? Son of a bitch, Amelia Bedelia taking it literally. <laughs> Why do we um, put an A in the title? <laughs> Mark taught me about Amelia Bedelia um, a couple days friend. ago. So you hadn't yeah. heard about Amelia Bedelia? I had seen the books when I went to the library, Did you just but have it was your fucking on my way sk- to Animorphs, so I didn't give a shit. Did you have your eyes closed at Scholastic Book Fairs? Like, she was everywhere. Again, I would like to point out the fact that I passed her to go to Animorphs. Mm, well, uh, does Amelia Bedelia have a thing on the bottom of the pages where she turns into an animal? I don't think that's a, so. That's a good point. I, on the other hand, am well-rounded, and I read Amelia Bedelia and Animorphs and Great Illustrated Classics, the one where there's Captain a pa- Underpants? picture on every page. Did you guys ever read, like, it was, like, Horrible Harry? I was super into him. He was just a shit. Was he the one with, like, the super bad, uh, terrible... Or no, that's a No, that's Alexander. Alexander, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Horrible Harry, like, just was a punk-ass bitch. And, like, like but then he went to, like, this Tower of Terror thing, and then people roasted his ass because he was too scared to go on it. That's the one I remember. (laughs) So bullying (laughs) helped him to become a better Mm -hmm. person. Yeah. Mm. Do you guys think that teachers can wear... uh, I'm sorry. Do you think that vampires can wear brooches because i have a book that will tell you otherwise 
What was that series? It was just about like these kids in school and they would like they would think that their teacher's a vampire and then it wouldn't be. Mm. Then in the next book, yes. they'd be like, I think our PE teacher's a werewolf and then he wouldn't yeah, be. Yes. Werewolves loved don't it. wear headbands or something like that. Yeah. I no, really I loved um, um, Magic Treehouse because they went into books. Yep. It was sure and great. Merlin was involved. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, what else was I Also, into? the one kid pushed his glasses up his nose and I do that all the time. Wait, yes. what are we doing? It's so relatable. Guys, we're talking about books. Sorry. Uh-huh. We should be talking about, you know, film. Moving moving pictures. Uh, yeah, I guess. Films. If you want to hear about books, tune into Mine and Mark's YA podcast where we're going to start off by reading Pendragon. Books only Mark and I have read. Yeah. Um, that was so, something that was just in my, like, I saw it all the time. Never read it. Never knew anybody who read it. They're so, pretty yeah. fucking good. Um, there was like one Pendragon book that was basically a quantum leap where he goes back to like 1910. And you're like, this, yeah. is, this is just Earth, right? And they're like, oh, it's first Earth. It's different. Yeah, but he has to make the Hindenburg blow up. Yeah. Like, because if it he doesn't blow up, it's bad. He has to stop it, but then he has to mm-hmm. stop someone from stopping it. Spoilers. It's fucking spoilers, a quandary. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Whoa. It's quandary. That's and, intense. And then later in the series, he meets cat people. Um, so. It's actually before that. I think he meets the cat people before, <laughs> before that. I don't remember. I don't anyway, let's. Have you guys seen any movies recently? Yeah, I saw this movie. I was a little disappointed because um, it was called "On the Sex Bases" or something like that. Um, and uh, the first one's holding like hands. first base. First base was like the only one they get to in this movie. Really, uh, of the sex bases. Yeah. So, like, had it been called "The First Base of Sex," that'd be a good movie. But, uh, but it, it was. Pretty good, like performance and a good story of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and that was really inspiring. But just false, just fix your your title and your your marketing strategy. Did I you think. see? Did you see RBG? RBG? No, I did not. Oh, okay, I'm interested to I see did. how they compare. That um, was a doc, right? Yes. Yeah. This yeah. is like very much focused on one court case, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah. the the first court case that sort of got the ball ro- ro- rolling on um, women's equality. It was the it one just where the like law. the they were like it's sexist against men and RBG was right, like, and so mm, that w- that got the court's attention because enough. it was a man instead yeah. of a woman, and then they were able to do a lot more stuff after that. It was a good the, a good story, good stuff. It was an okay movie. It was pretty good. I, I, I get so distracted in that trailer, right? Because RBG is, by all intents and purposes, American. And Felicity Jones is playing her. And her accent may be fine in the movie. But at the very end of the trailer, uh-huh. she says, Neither your honor is the word freedom. She says it like she says it like Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Freedom. Yeah, Freedom. Uh, it's a little spotty, but yeah. it's fine. It's never like distracting, except honestly in the movie. That's like the climax of the movie when she says "freedom," <laughs> and it's this weird. <laughs> and it's, it's like, it's it, weird did, did she look at the judge and tell him, "Well, that's the thing about us, we rebel." No, but she, <laughs> but she. I, I was gonna do another Braveheart joke, but um, well, uh, we rebel as Rogue One. Let yeah, me think of is other she, Felicity Jones role. Is, is uh, she ever, Mark, you go first. Is she ever like? If you could change the law, would you? <laughs> Just another okay, Irish well, joke. So. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. Um, so now back back to the Felicity Jones yeah. part of the joke. Oh, um, okay. Did did she walk by at one point and they were like, "Wait, is your name?" Oh, 
Bug. What is their name? It's hold on, Felicity hold on. something. No, it's not Felicity. Sure. What is? Hold on, you, hold on. What, hey, what are you Mark, talking about? Come on, come on, what, what is this? I'm here. What it? What is Black Cat's name in the Spider-Man universe? I I don't know. What the fuck? Selena, think of it Kyle. Right oh, oh, Selena, right? No, it's weird no, how no, she no, just like had a Catwoman. role in Amazing Spider-Man Two, and it like really wasn't important at the end of the day. But you kind uh-huh, of felt like uh-huh. she might be important eventually. Uh, and I feel like her name might have been. Um, um, Cody, I'm running um, out of steam um, here. Felicia, Felicia, I knew it was close to her real name. Okay, that's why you. it was so, so hard. Okay, 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 okay. So did she walk by? Did she walk by the judge? And he was like, "Nice to meet you, Felicia Hardy." <laughs> oh man, no, that, that's that, the funniest that, joke. That, that, told. Guys, yeah. come on. Sorry, and, that, it, that and it just zoomed into her, and then it just flashed nine times. It was like, there will be an On the Basis of Sex too. We promise. <laughs> this franchise will not be canceled. Don't worry. We set up so much shit. How could we possibly cancel the next movie in this franchise? Is that what uh, happened, Chad? No, that didn't. That didn't happen. Did it spend this, the this a little too inside baseball for, I think, the casual listener. Did it spend uh, the I don't think it is. People know about Amazing Spider-Man 2 and the big role that uh, Felicity Jones had <laughs> as Felicia Hardy. Did, right. on, did yeah. on the basis of sex spend a lot of time building like the sinister six other justices that are Republican on the Supreme Court? Uh, no, that didn't happen in the movie. Again, it was mainly just about one court case. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Margie, see any movie? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been really cold outside lately, and I was like, ah, it's like the mid-30s right now. I wish it was like the mid-90s. I watched I mid-90s. <laughs> I was so on your team two seconds ago. I know. <laughs> I am off the team now. Uh, so you gave that uh, movie a pretty low score, and it was one that Look, I thought you would like. I haven't seen it, but just based on like the trailer. I'll tell I you, I was very it. happy that Mark didn't Here's like it, because everything I had heard about it was like, it's not for Cody, but I thought Mark might would, because it's about skateboarding and like cool kids, and sometimes like that is like Mark juice, yeah, and Look, like and also Richard Mark Linklater-esque, juice. which is the mm-hmm. other thing I heard about it. Like, um, so. I, I've watched a lot of skateboarding movies I've liked recently. Uh, and I was told that this had the kind of like, you know, lackadaisical plot of like Skate Kitchen or like a Linklater movie. But like, you, so you know how um, in like in the in uh, that Linklater movie we watched, I already forgot the name of it. We watched two of them. The, the uh, one, Days and Confused. Days and Confused, right? There's like a freshman who's like starting to hang out with some punk ass seniors. Yeah. This movie's about like a 10 year old, maybe eight or nine. Who starts hanging out with like fifteen year olds and like mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes and like getting drunk and having sex. Like Cool. And the whole movie I was like, I hate this kid. I hate him yep. so much. Mm-hmm. Um and how, I, are the, I th- how are the gay slurs? I'm sorry? How are the gay slurs? Well, I heard they were plentiful. I actually didn't mind the gay slurs because I already, well, I mean, I was like, I hate these kids for other reasons. So, I, uh-huh. you know, the gay slurs are only making me hate them a little bit more. Oh, gotcha. So it's one of those things where, like, how much of a shithead can you get? Like, yeah. you reach a certain point. Hey, speaking of that, I didn't even ma- mean to make this... Um, segue but uh it popped up on my twitter feed as chad was telling us on the basis of sex and i saw it um family guy announced today that they're okay so they didn't announce that they stopped right 
they announced that they're phasing out gay jokes over time. <laughs> <laughs> phasing them out. It's 2018! So there, there will be less per season than there used to be. What an insane thing. I, like the people I mean, who are watching Family Guy are just watching Family Guy. This, we, what, nobody would care unless you like put out a statement and you right. did and the it was weird this thing about statement. it is that they acknowledged hey we know these are probably like a little bit not okay with the times anymore so therefore we're going to address it by doing it less frequently yeah not by cut that, that's that's weird to like acknowledge it, it's not good but we're gonna still do it a little bit. I feel like I feel yeah, like what bad. they've done is set them up to have like a, an episode where it's like the last episode of gay jokes, and there's like a song oh, and dance about like probably the, the f word, and I'm not excited for that. Ooh. Yeah, it's just and also they're they're gonna play the everybody's too politically correct card, which will be annoying. But it's like yeah. nobody really cares about gay jokes; they care about gay jokes based in hate, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the problem. Like I've been watching right. like. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. There's a lot of gay jokes there that they make towards each other. They're not based in hate. Like, it doesn't... Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Like, that's like not the point. Mid-90s. The, skateboards. The, the, the gay jokes in mid-90s are like, hey, don't say thank you. It, that's gay. Oh, great comedy. And, like, don't say thank you. That's gay. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the whole movie, the kid's like, thank you. Uh, um, uh, nope, I'm not gay. Uh, urgh. Thanks. Well, I mean, no, if you fun. remember how like we grew up in seventh and eighth grade, that's the kind of shit it yeah. was, and, but which sucks. The, yeah. the, the thing is, and like the argument that you could make for this movie is that like this movie knows how shitty these kids are, and like you know, it's it's about growing up and having bad influences, but like still having those people be your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't Jonah Hill get in trouble for saying gay slurs like two years ago? Probably. Um, yeah. Did he? Huh? Anyway, did he? I, I think so, this, but I don't know for sure. Who knows? Whatever. Here's um, here's no 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 libel or slander on this podcast. Don't sue me, please. Just uh, just just say things that we know things about. Here here is what I know. This movie spends too much time making these characters um, vile and not enough time making me like these characters. And it's not that I don't like them. It's that I dislike them too much to be redeemed at the end. Right. Right. Hmm. Right. right. No, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm never going to watch it. Lucas Hedges Hedges is very good in it. Yeah. No, he's good. Yeah. He was great in boy erased, which was a good movie. (laughs) Good movie. Yeah. Um, Lucas Hedges is never going to be a superhero. Is he? He's just uh, gonna be like so what serious, superhero would you make him be? I don't know. One of the X Men. Yeah, he'd be like a good Iceman, actually. He'd be a good yeah. cyborg, like a young do cyborg. You mean Cy- do you mean Cyclops? Yeah, I think you mean Cyclops. Yeah, that's what I mean. Cyborg's a black man. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. okay, half <laughs> black man, half robot. Yes. So come, come on, on Joey. okay. He's mixed yeah. race. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, half, show some respect black, for cyborg. Cyclops. I mean Cyborg. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, yeah, Cyclops. He would be a pretty good Cyclops. Um, when Ty Sheridan stops being him in six months. Um, it's weird and the whole like, universe is ending, right? Like, I don't know. But I, like, we still have like a couple of movies to get through. It's mm, like similar to the Marvel Netflix where there's like two seasons coming out. Like there's going to be we, a like, Jessica know Jones it's 3. The end. Yeah. We know there's going to be a Punisher 2. Yeah. Uh, but it's over. Like yeah, they're all getting that. canceled. It's weird. It's kind of weird to reckon with. Yeah. Um. 
because like like Star Wars, right, will always like kind of come back in some form. This version of the yeah. X Men is done. Yeah, like so. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Um. Okay. <clears throat> oh, Cody. Uh, have yeah. you seen anything at the Megaplex uh, in the past week or two yeah, since we so, last recorded? Yeah. So as you notice, none of us are saying any movies from 2019 because nothing has come out that we really wanted to True. see from 2019. Well, uh, Glass will be out by the time this episode comes out. Right. We're all gonna see that, but we have but not in, seen that yet. We will talk about that on the next episode. And the kid who would be king, which Mark and I are both definitely gonna go see. I don't know where Chad falls on that spectrum. I think um, it looks fine. I'll probably go see it. Yeah. I just have good. other movies to watch for our insane uh, award show podcast coming up. Yep. Uh, so, in preparation for that, I cut up on a movie that I hadn't been able to watch uh, because it hadn't been in any theaters near me, and that was If Bill Street Could Talk, which is mm-hmm. Barry Jenkins' follow-up to Moonlight. Yeah. Um, it's very good. Um, I liked a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the movie came together for me as an entire whole um, there were lots of particular scenes that really worked for me. Um, I think the scene with her family in the beginning is incredible, so and yeah, why Regina King keeps winning the supporting actress. And awards. it's a long um, scene too, but it like yes. all really, really works. And I think that's part of why, like, even though the movie is good, and I recognize the artistry mm. of it and that sort of thing, I don't think any scene in the movie really reaches that scene to me. And that's so early on that I just feel like it kind of loses steam as it goes. But there's still good things throughout. There's a scene with the main couple and Dave Franco, um, which is pretty good. So charming and wonderful. Yes, very charming, very wonderful. There's a scene with Regina King towards the end that I really like a lot. The scene with Um, Brian Tyree Henry is so good. Yes, the scene with Brian Tyree Henry is is very good. What I pointed out to Liv as we left... Live something live being that I, Cody's fiance for those who don't know being my fiance yes um is it is interesting that this movie has both Latino actors from the Star Wars franchise who are now getting their own Disney Plus streaming service <laughs> like show both of them are in this movie because Diego Luna is in it and he's uh, the guy from Rogue One who's now getting his own uh streaming uh, show with uh, Cassian or something, right, is his name. Yeah, um, Cassian. And then Pedro Pascal is playing the Mandalorian <laughs> in their first show. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's fun. Um, weird that that was yeah. my takeaway from this, like, critically acclaimed, yeah. like, you know, movie. But. Um, Yeah, I saw it recently, too. <clears throat> it just came into AMC theaters around here, so I was able to finally see it with A-List, uh, which I was thankful for. Um, and it, I loved it. I think it was, like, pretty masterful all around um yeah i think barry jenkins i'm gonna see every single movie he makes because he's just like really good at making movies yeah me too i think i think if roma didn't exist this year and was such a juggernaut that this probably would have cinematography wrapped up in a bag like even though i'm not necessarily always the best at spotting that i also think the score is maybe another thing yes another thing i don't always pay attention to and i like you know, fall prey to like the mm-hmm. John Williams just sweeping scores. Like I tend to like but, those. This is probably my favorite score of the year. It is so pretty. Like there's elements of a that I love a lot. I just like the whole mm-hmm. thing. 
didn't a hundred percent come together to be my gotcha. favorite movie, but it doesn't have to be. I still yeah. think it's good. I won't get mad at any awards that it wins. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I watched, I watched it about two months ago at a festival mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's kind of, I mean, I've watched a lot of other movies since then, so I'm excited to see it again. Um, but I just, I loved it when I saw it. Uh, I think that it just really like, I, I've heard people complain that like the, the nonlinear storytelling confused them, which is oh, who cares? Watch a Nolan movie yeah. <laughs> or like True Detective um, or something. I, yeah, like no. And uh, I think that that actually really helps the feeling of the movie because you can like you're watching them mm-hmm. fall in love as you know that like you know it's it's only for a that period of time and that something bad is going right. to happen to them. And I think that like it probably captures a a feeling that um you know, is common in, in that kind of environment of like, we we're enjoying the good now, even though we have things like stacked against us. Right. Um, yeah. I, and I loved like the, how it managed to juggle all of these things, like being a really good love story. And then there was that scene where his friend who just got out of prison, um, was Brian telling Tyre, him, Ty- Tyree about, Henry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was telling him like about, what prison was like and like what it did to his like spirit basically. Yeah. And that part of the movie straight up felt like a horror movie, like the way it was shot, the music that was going on, the performances given, uh, just the gravity of it. And then intermixed with tragedy rage, like it just juggled all these different things for me, like really, really well. I like that about the movie. I also think like that acting kind of from top to bottom is so good, except so I kind of don't know that I think the lead actress is that good. And that always, that oh. took me out every now and then there was a couple like scenes and ride um, line readings and stuff where I was like, huh? Interesting. Like she, do we know how young she is? She just feels young. If that makes sense. Like it feels like she just graduated from like, acting school or something yeah. like that i mean i, I don't was, know i have I no idea she was about lovely. Her. There, yeah. there was just some some of the performance that i was like this feels a little college theatery to me hmm. and it might be because everyone else she was lined up against was so good that her just being like mostly good kind of seemed worse if that makes any mm-hmm. sense at all um yeah she's she's 26 so she's a little older than us uh oh, gotcha. and this is this is uh really her first big thing i mean other than like a short film she had been in an episode of chicago med before this um gotcha so so to make that jump is is really big and impressive um and i don't remember her standing out as not great to me uh but that might have been something that i have forgotten in the two months yeah the the, the lead actor is so good and like mm -hmm. do you guys know where he came from he came from tv right Degrassi, like yeah. <laughs> from Degrassi. Well, but um, he also didn't he just like win a he, yes. Emmy? He's in Homecoming and is fucking amazing in Homecoming. Hey oh, guys, cool. watch Homecoming. It's a drama where each episode is thirty minutes. It's so good <laughs> and it's like six episodes. That Love sounds it. wonderful because t- so many dramas are like taking advantage of no commercials to make their show too long. That's kind, that was kind of my that. problem with Sabrina. Like, it was a yeah. show that I thought was mostly good, but I thought, like, eh, they could have cut 15 yeah. minutes out of each episode. Here's, Every here's single the other episode thing. Lost I'm tired minutes. of hour-long comedies. Like, yeah. what are you no, thinking? Yeah, thanks. 
Yeah. I completely agree. Where it's like, oh, but we're a dramedy. And it's like, you could be a dramedy in 30 minutes, my dude. Yeah. Mash yeah, did look it. Look at Atlanta. <laughs> uh, Mash did it. I've never I mean, seen Mash, but I've heard that it did it. it I mean, it's. Atlanta does it now. Really yeah, well. true. Yeah, true. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I'd call Mash a dramedy. It's more like a war comedy. No, no, no. There's there's episodes that oh, are super no. dramatic. But I guess it that's is, I guess that's right. It is very like, you serious, call, but it isn't like yeah. a it isn't drama in that like, you know, there are like people that like don't like each other. It's more yeah, like yeah, yeah, people right. are dying all around them because it's war. Yeah. Um and they have to like make decisions about do we save refugees? Um right. what about Vietnam soldier Koreans? I'm sorry, it's not Vietnam. By God. Yeah, it's, it's the Korea. Korean and they're like, do we right. do we save this Korean soldier? Um Right. Hey, I, no, I guess that's true. You wouldn't call you wouldn't call Scrubs a dramedy because they had that one like right. super serious episode. So, yeah, yeah okay, Fresh Prince enough. isn't a dramedy because of that time Will Smith yelled about his dad and hugged Uncle Phil. Yeah. Um, okay, we should talk about this movie. Probably. <laughs> We've talked for so long in this movie. There's it is so long. Th- there's just so many different elements coming together in this podcast episode. You know, it's not just a story about a movie Magnolia. It's also a story about us and how we connected uh, over film. So yeah, there yeah. are there are several narrative threads running through this podcast. Whether it be is Sonic gonna be good? Yes, it is. Is Detective Pikachu gonna be good? It's gonna be even better than Sonic. Or is Cody ever gonna like a Linklater movie? I mean, he already has. That right. Kind of so a now we're gonna launch <laughs> yeah. into the next section of the podcast where we talk about Sonic. Um, Where'd you and- go, Bernadette? <laughs> That's a link later I'm excited about. Um, I don't want to talk about Sonic. I'm starting to think Sonic's going to be bad. I'm only going to focus I on mean, Detective Pikachu yeah. and and Dora the Explorer because we fucking have we don't know enough about Dora the Explorer yet. So How I'm actually impressed. Look? How I'm really impressed that it took you this long to decide that Sonic is going to be bad. Something I've known <laughs> since Sonic was announced. Yeah, I mean, there's always a chance it was going to be. There's always fine. a chance. But here's my thing. It's going to be bad. That's fine. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to be rooting for Detective Pikachu. I'm not going to be rooting for Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm not going to be rooting for Adam's Family or Dora the Explorer. Anything risky, okay? Because I'm scared of getting hurt, and I don't want to be hurt anymore. <laughs> I'm Frozen 2 train only. That is the right. only movie I'm excited about anymore. Okay? Wow. Not even Avengers Endgame. in the Four Realms really hurt you, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Nutcracker in the Four Realms did hurt me. Um... Okay, Can I so, tell you guys the twist in that movie now since it's been long enough? Sure. I saw it. Yeah, Kira Knightley g- fucking goes for it, and she's the sugar plum fairy, but he'll turn motherfucker. She's the bad guy the whole time. And it's actually, they like, did, really They just did Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, uh, yeah, they did just do Wreck-It Ralph. Huh? Yeah, where the, the candy king is well, uh, fuck. the villain. <laughs> they did, I was, they done wrecked I was going to say that there's no... Big rat made of smaller rats, but there is a big Ralph made of smaller Ralphs. So yeah, they did wreck it, Ralph. They did wreck it, Ralph. Hey, for real, the rat thing is fucking disgusting. But it's awesome. awful. It is horrible. Did you see that movie, Mark? Yeah. Oh, I forgot you did. Props, yeah, bro. I saw it and fell asleep for like twenty Speaking minutes. Speaking of disgusting nice. rat things, have you seen that video going around Twitter of the rats pretending to be a snake? Uh, to oh, survive. God. It's like a hey. it's a bunch of rats in a line just like following each other ass to mouth, ass to mouth, ass to mouth like the human centipede uh Wait. pretending to be a snake to be more predatory towards predators. I'm and it's dying. the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Hey, you ever 
<laughs> Look up a picture of a rat king. Can we talk yes. about Magnolia though? Oh, I thought we were going to talk. About sure. <laughs> we and we really need to because there's yeah. fucking so much plot to go through. But uh, boys, had either one of you ever seen this movie before? Well, I had because I picked it for my favorite movie of 1999. Um, and, and, the, and the only time we picked a movie where somebody hadn't watched it before is when Mark picked The Fugitive <laughs> after seeing 20 minutes of it, it on was, TNT. What episode? It was like an hour three of, of the podcast yeah. was yes. a movie no one had seen. <laughs> Oh, oh, man. That was great. Anyway. I do think that I had gotten to the end. I just probably wasn't paying attention because I was like 14. Right, right, right. right. Anyway, well, I Magnolia. was paying attention when I first watched Magnolia. Uh, this was probably 2016 when I first saw it. I loved it. This, I think a lot of these parts go together really masterfully in this uh, really long but really good uh, movie. Too long. Hey, hey Mark, c- c- uh, had you seen it before? Don't you dare. <laughs> Did you ask me if I've seen it? Because I have not. Yeah. What, what did you think about this movie going in? Going in, I uh, thought that it had a really long running time, which scared me. <laughs> which is um, honestly the same thing I was thinking about the whole time. Guys, uh, we have a section of the podcast to talk about this, and I would like to no, leave I just, I'd it like, to okay. the, <laughs> that fair. part of the podcast. But That's but fair. here's the thing. it like We're going to talk a lot about this movie, right? Yeah. I truly think it's core to the DNA of this movie and discussing this movie is talking about how long it is. Like, I really don't think you can talk about this movie we, without that being a piece. We have, but, but we have a Cody cut section. So if we're going to complain, well, about I'm, not, length, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what I'm cutting. I am just there. There, there are ways that the runtime plays into things that aren't even cut related. Mm-hmm. And that really affects me throughout this whole movie. But let's, let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. I suppose. So, Cody, had you seen it before? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's three hours and eight minutes long. Fuck no, I didn't. Anyway, um, the the oh, I have a movie in my Netflix DVD queue that is an hour and seven minutes, and I'm just so fucking. I happy. Mean, it's I a children's movie, that right? Out. It's Kim Possible. See, it's a it's time, a children's so. movie. <laughs> Because anyway. children have lower attention spans, so I, the movies mine are isn't a low attention span, truly. Because I will sit mm-hmm. and like watch TV shows all the time. It's just like TV shows uh, that are also an hour long. Yes, exactly. It's the oppressiveness of that amount of time. It's what we talked about with Schindler's List. Um, so anyway, the narrator introduces the idea of strange coincidence coincidences connecting people together and how it may be more than chance. That is the setup. There's three random coincidences. We truly yeah. do not have time to go into all of them. Um, but but sure. the narrator kind of sets it up. What are you and guys I, kind of feeling doing this movie? Because I am already feeling anxious that I won't love this movie <laughs> I actually, by them stating the, th- the thesis like in the first two minutes and like explicitly stating it. Well, A, it is later proved that that is not at least to me uh, that doesn't seem to be the thesis of the movie which is also maybe one of my hesitations with a movie because um chat chat go ahead and like tell us what the movie is about because this Um, part is confusing to me with what this movie is supposedly about sure well i was excited to talk about this movie because i love it a lot and so i was like looking up a bunch of old like interviews with paul thomas anderson and there's one i think it was larry king interview and Larry King was like, all right, so what? I saw this movie. Uh, what is this movie about, <laughs> Paul? And then uh, oh, Larry. Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson was like kind of, 
he didn't want to answer the question because I think he wanted the of movie course. to speak for himself for itself. But yeah. then when he was pressed on it enough, he said the movie is about uh, relationships with parents and how that they affect people. And uh, so I had that context going into it with this with this viewing, and it's true that like every single plot line deals with that theme. But like to say it's about that is interesting. I think it's about a lot of things, but that yeah, one of it, them, it, and the I, coincidence I, thing is one of them. But it's I a dense movie. Picked up on, I definitely picked up on like the bad dad kind of motif as well. Yeah. Um, because like two of the plots are kind of like based on these dads trying to get forgiveness from their families. Mm-hmm. And then another plot is based on this dad being shitty to his kid. And then um, the the other game show one is about his parents were shitty to him and now he's like this. He's like, messed yeah. up as an adult. Um, yeah. And I, I, I did a little bit of reading as well and I kind of saw, you know, like how what we do to, to our children at a young age influences them down the road. So I think that like maybe coincidences isn't like a huge factor as much as it is like um, a small thing can have a big effect, especially on a child, especially because not to like go into each coincidence, but one of the more memorable coincidences is like a kid that's jumping off of the window and he gets shot on the way down, Mm -hmm. but it ends up that like the kid was shot by his parents who were arguing. And one of the reasons he was committing suicide is because he was, arguing with his parents right, right? so his right. suicide would have been a result of his parents therefore his parents fault and then the bullet going through the window is also just like murdering the child uh yeah more directly it's a really yeah, interesting I, one i think that's interesting that's more of a ripple effect than coincidences mm-hmm. so to yes. set it up as right. and he's saying coincidences like the narrator is, is like saying kind of like it's not coincidences it's more than that like something else is at play here um, yeah. which is interesting. I also love how this whole sequence is shot. Like Paul Thomas Anderson is clearly just a madman having a blast. Like throughout this whole movie, it's just the whole movie is shot insanely, like way too many long takes. Like it had to have been hell to film. Uh, huge just like, sets. Huge. Yeah. Huge effects. Uh, he did. He the, did a lot of like zoom in to another yeah, shot. That when sort the, of thing. Yeah. the boy who saw the kid loading the gun in that one coincidence that we talked about, when he's like delivering his line to the police, like, yeah, I saw him. He was filling in the bullets with, and the way the camera is just like rushing down the hall towards like a close up on this kid. It's just insane. It didn't need to be filmed like that, but it's setting up this like tone that PTA, I think PTA was doing a lot of Coke when he made this movie. And I think that he yeah, wanted probably. you to feel like he felt, uh, yeah, yeah. So I didn't actually think about the long take thing, but that also may be why I have a hard time with this movie because if there's something mm. that makes something feel longer, it's long takes. Like yeah. they make it feel even longer so that it just feels like an impressive, like oppressive, like kind of like the weight on you kind of thing. Anyway, we have so well, much to talk about. And sure. Well, to talk a little bit more about the length and also those shots, I, I saw a quote from PTA saying that he wanted this to feel like an epic because, mm-hmm. like, uh, okay. yeah. to, to him, like, you know, everyday life can be, like, doesn't get the epic treatment like Braveheart or Titanic does. Yeah, that's because those have swords and stuff and, like, <laughs> explosions and will, like, yeah. keep me interested. But, but, but he's saying that like the everyday emotions we go through are is as epic mm. as everything else. Now, does that I translate to the screen as well? I, That's exactly. up to yeah. There's no side. orcs in my. I life. mean, <laughs> there's sure. No Sauron. Okay, okay, sure. There's no swords and there's no 
battles, but like during there's so many points in this movie where like it builds to a certain climax and then we like come down from it, then it builds again. And so often the, these climaxes that we build to it's different characters at different times. Uh, I'm just like on the edge of my seat way more than I am in like the epic Braveheart where they're just in another boringly filmed battle and it's like, yeah, there's violence, but it's not like, I don't care about it. I care way more about this movie than the only other epic we've done on the podcast, which is Braveheart. Oh, sure. When you're Titanic comparing it to Braveheart, yeah, but Titanic, like, yeah. Also, The Postman is also an epic. Well, yeah, that's a, that's so, a, yeah. we don't talk about Razzies anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, I just, I don't know. We'll talk about it. There were like two characters that I liked in a cast of like 15, and like, I don't know. Um, so, Jim Curring, well, actually, before we get into the people, <laughs> let's run this through right real fast. Sure. So, best picture alumni, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Julianne Moore, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Willem, William H. Macy, Philip Baker Hall, Thomas Jane, Veronica Hart, Louise Guzman, Alfred Molina, John C. Riley, and Paul Thomas Anderson. Those are yeah. our alumni who have appeared in All other movies, most of them in Boogie, Boogie Nights. Nights. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> here yeah. we go. Here Jim Curring, played by John C. Riley. He's a bit of a bumbling detective, but he's not a Pikachu. So he responds to a disturbance <laughs> call, and after yelling with a woman in residence, he discovers a dead body in a closet. A neighborhood kid tries to tell him who did it by rapping, but Curring ignores him. Jim receives another call and goes to the house of Claudia Wilson, whose neighbors call the police after she had a fight with her father, Jimmy Gator, who is a human Ah. and not a living gator. He is the host of a popular kids game show, What Do Kids Know? Um, Claudia likes drugs and loud music. Keurig is attracted to her and so sticks around the house for a while, eventually asking her out on a date. She says yes. Okay. Thoughts on this plot line. I can already tell. There's so much that we can't dive into (laughs) every aspect. I know, I know. (laughs) It's just an an unfortunate necessity (laughs) Uh, of our podcast format is that we won't be able to jump into everything that I love about this movie. And an unfortunate aspect of Cody didn't eat a sandwich before this podcast. <laughs> um, do, whose fault is that? Chad. Do we need a sandwich um, break? The, the wrapping. Do you know if the mystery is actually solved in the wrapping like the kids claims? So, it is. Uh, what, Cody? It, it is. He says yeah. the worm did it. We find out later that the worm, uh, he was referring to his... Well, hmm. Uh, it, yeah, it kind of is. I can't remember the explanation, but the worm yeah. is like his dad is the guy who gets shot, and the worm was his dad. I don't really know, but it does reveal it. I read about okay. it. I don't remember now. I couldn't follow the rap. I I couldn't follow it either. And then like when he was saying, "I just told you the answer," I was tempted to go back and rewind, but at the same time, I was like, "Hmm, do I rewind or do I just?" go through the rest of the movie like John C. Riley, uh, who didn't get the answer from that rap. And so I decided with the latter because with a movie, I feel like you should just watch it all the way through and like yeah. give it your full attention in the moment, but not go back and try to figure things out in that way. Well, I, but, I agree. I mean, but I didn't get the I, answer. There's a difference I between like rewinding it. and rewatching something and like watching it later on YouTube, which I don't mind. Right. Sure. Um, yeah, 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 totally. But uh, the kid's a bad rapper. Yeah, he's not very yeah. good. And so th- John C. Riley is hilarious in this scene. Uh, I love his character a lot. He's getting onto the kid for all his uses of language, which it's just funny to watch uh, an L.A. cop like 
the way he interacts with the woman in the beginning is like he's trying to be stern, but he's just so not intimidating at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, Ralph. language bothers him, but he's like an LA cop who see who just saw a dead body like earlier right. in the day. He's just yeah. a very interesting character for me. I like him. He is one of the few characters that I enjoy in this movie uh, because he's a bit of fun. Yeah, um, he is a bit of fun. The, he's probably the, my favorite or second favorite character in the movie. Yeah. Um, the rapping thing is. I go ahead. Go ahead. The the rapping thing is interesting. It reminds me of a movie that I really liked this year that does the rapping thing in a better way, which is the movie Blind Spotting, which uh, you boys have to watch at some point. Yeah, but still need to see. They, I'll be watching it soon. They, they use rap as kind of like a heightened language, like it almost becomes Shakespearean and like they express their oh, cool. self through rapping and stuff like that. Like they don't rap the whole movie, but it's mm-hmm. like when things yeah. get intense and stuff like that, they rap and it's very cool. Interesting. Like Hamilton? Uh, well, I mean, it's David Diggs who was in Hamilton. Oh, okay. Um, cool. But he, he wrote it. Um but Lynn Manuel did not write this one. Um, but right. but but so it, it shows like the rapping in this movie is just kind of like a almost a gag. Like it's almost like a here's a random thing we're going to present it in kind of a confusing way. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting that a movie came out this year that I really loved that kind of yeah. used it in a very like interesting and way. Yeah, this reads to me like one of just PTA's crazy ideas that he later made reference to this movie in an interview where someone said like. Um, if you could go back and tell yourself uh, so- something it was on Reddit, he was doing an AMA because I saw the screenshot yeah, from it. Yeah, that was it. Uh, if you could go back to yourself directing Magnolia and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? And it was chill the fuck out and cut twenty minutes. This might fall into that twenty minutes. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I w- I was gonna say that John the, the John C. Riley plotline is not my favorite. And I think a lot of it is because I don't buy their romance. Really. Agreed. Agreed. It's more like I like um, the John C. Riley character. I don't necessarily love. Yeah. The well, yeah. I think story. their their romance is probably doomed, but it's just like nice in this moment for me. Is how I it was enjoy it. It was just driving me crazy um, because she was on coke on coke the whole time. Oh, and like doing and more coke as the night yeah. went on. <laughs> And it made me so mad. I was like, either don't go on the date or stop doing coke. Pick one. Right. I, I also mm-hmm. don't really get it why they like each other. That never really came across to me. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. Whatever. That's fine. She she has a bad dad. That's another takeaway we should have from this scene. And he is the host right. of a game show. And with so, a name that sounds like BoJack Horseman is probably <laughs> referencing this movie with their, what is it? Like Mark, the um, uh, celebrities. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. <laughs> yes. Like it sounds like it's yeah. riffing on this a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's, that's funny. I didn't think about that, but, but yeah, Jimmy, I could not stop thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Gator comes to the, uh, that's such a good name. Sorry. The what do they know? Do they know things? Um. <laughs> Let's find out is my favorite part. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jimmy Gator comes to her show. door and she had like a guy over and she's just like, she won't hear anything he's saying. He's trying to tell her that he has cancer and uh, she's just like yelling and throwing things. And at the time you don't really know anything about either character. So you kind of like, aren't sure which side to take, but you feel bad for the guy because he has cancer and he's trying to reconnect with his daughter. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of gets turned on his head later, but 
for me at this moment in the movie, honestly, both times, because I forgot about a certain plot twist, which is really important, and I can't believe I forgot about it. Uh, I was like feeling bad for Jimmy Gator because he's just a dying man. Yep. Yeah. Do we want to talk about Jimmy Gator? Let's go. Uh, I was going to say we could wait. <laughs> well, <laughs> because because more of his plot line will come up. No, that's uh, <laughs> it's it next is on Cody's up. notes. <laughs> oh, yes. okay. But, I'm not looking at those. Yeah, he just has a little part in this section. Yeah. But anyway, Jimmy Gator, he's the host of a kid's show and has cancer. He doesn't have long to live. There is a new star on the show, Stanley, who starts the game off doing well. Stanley's father puts a ton of pressure on him to win because mm. of the prize money, and the producers don't let Stanley stop for a bathroom break. He ends up pissing <laughs> himself and freezing up oh with getting gosh. answers. We are now halfway through the movie with Stanley's well, storyline. Not quite, because there's still storylines we haven't even <laughs> yeah, touched. Yeah, I know. But, uh, <laughs> uh, this is such a breakneck speed for this movie. It's disorienting. Wh- and it also, it's formatted. In the, so just so people know, yeah. this movie is like intercut the whole time. Yeah, it's yeah. just impossible to talk about it that way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So Jimmy Gator gets so sick, he collapses. Stanley's dad yells at Stanley to do better, but then Stanley gives a bad dramatic speech and refuses to go on for the final round <laughs> this may be my least favorite part of the movie is when stanley gives his like fuck you speech of like yeah. you uh, use us kids for your entertainment it's like yeah doesn't really feel genuine to even a smart kid it and uh, i think most of that for me falls on and i hate to say it because it's a kid but falls on the performance of this well no i think so yeah Yeah. because like i think like the things he's saying are like interesting and like thought-provoking but i like yeah i guess i don't necessarily buy it because of the performance but then again this kid is like a shy kid who just pissed his pants and he's like scared and nervous because he's on tv and he's Mm -hmm. never really done anything bold because of his parents like oppression so like yeah this the performance works for me, even though it's not the best. I don't yeah. know. Well, we'll talk about it as we hit more storylines, but mm-hmm. I, a lot of the acting in this movie doesn't necessarily vibe with me a hundred percent. And some of the dialogue choices don't, doesn't either, but that kind of fits better in another storyline. So this I game show that... seems hard. <laughs> I going to do uh, well on it. Uh, yeah. When he in has terms this... of the kids, in terms of the kids' performance, I feel like he does good as as like a shy kid. Yeah. Um, but not great in like a, a, as a, a shy kid being bold. Yeah. There's yes, two yes, moments where he attempts to be bold, and I can't tell if they're supposed to both kind of fall flat or not. I don't. There's this one so and I another one that. later, but like, yeah, they fall a little flat. But because he is a shy kid, it's kind of like understandable that they would. Right. It's mm-hmm. interesting. But yeah, the kid sings back an opera in French in this game show because it's like, oh, an, I did like that. An insanely like that. hard game show. I love that part. Um, okay. You yeah. guys ready? Any yeah. other thoughts on this section before uh, well, I dive I mean, in again? Um, yes. I but like Louise Guzman in it. It does have Louise Guzman maybe playing himself. Hard to tell. Uh, and he's, he's, uh, Clark Gregg uh, as <laughs> Cody's. Um, <laughs> Yes, I need to find out because I Wait. did math. Yeah. So Clark, <laughs> he? huh? Exactly, Mark. Exactly. He plays like the producer of one of the shows, right? And he's oh. in it for like two seconds. Yeah, he he's on the a bigger role. He's on the children's uh, game show. He's like behind the camera. I think he's like the first AD on the set or something. Yes. Interesting. Clark Gregg, 
famed having his own television series, famed married to Jennifer Grey, famed... Okay. I mean, he Avenger. becomes the famed Avenger. But I said Clark Gregg is in this movie for two seconds, or in other words, he was in point zero zero seven seven three percent of this movie. <laughs> it's long. It's a fun. Um, it's a fun statistic work. for me that uh, Ag- Agent Coulson was in point zero zero two percent of this movie. There was a Patton Oswalt tweet one time where he was like, maybe it was Patton Oswalt. I can't remember, but he does this thing on Twitter where he was like, you know, you kind of could just tweet at any celebrity and be like hey just saw you in magnolia and part of them would stop and be like was i in magnolia (laughs) because paul f tompkins is in magnolia as like one of the like phone call voices and stuff like that oh he is is just so big yeah that's funny he's also in there will be blood yes 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 pta likes him um okay so a former star of the show donnie smith uh, watches the show from a bar. All the money that Donnie won as a kid was spent by his parents, and he got struck by lightning, making him not as smart as he once used to be. He really mm-hmm. wants to get braces because he thinks that will win him the man of his dreams. Don't really know why he thinks that, but unfortunately, he has been fired from his job at Solomon and Solomon. He hatches a plan to rob Solomon and Solomon to get the money for braces. I love this character. Mm-hmm. Um the the braces thing like it doesn't make sense to us because it's a stupid thought that like having right. braces in common with the guy will win him the guy but like it makes sense in the sense that like this guy is so pathetic that he just wants something to be in common with this person uh, yeah. that he's in love yeah. with he he definitely seems to have some sort of like arrested development in terms of like he still is like emotionally a child in a lot of ways yeah right. um and I think that that is a very like, oh, they have braces. Like I remember when I got braces, I was like, oh man, my my crush also has braces, and now we both have braces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something it's, to talk about. It and is, it's gonna hurt it's to something, talk about it because these braces suck. Yeah, it is something I do remember from childhood. Is like when you had a crush on a girl, uh, you were just like trying to find something to like talk about that you shared. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah, yeah, braces could be that thing. It could be anything. It, it's so funny how much I worried about as a kid that like, oh, if I kiss a girl, my braces will get stuck in her braces. Like that's something I ever fucking had to worry about when I had braces. Um, no smooching okay. for middle school Kobo? No smooching for middle school Cody. Um, yeah, this seems like the shortest storyline. It seems like it's kind of the has the smallest like going on, but mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting and I like yeah. William H. Macy. Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, he, he he's good in it. And uh, uh, the scene where he's getting fired from his job is hilarious to me. When they're all like, "What, what do you need braces for? Like, you you don't need braces. You have perfect teeth. You have perfect teeth." Right. It just made me laugh also, a lot when he at at the end when he's like done robbing the bank, he like falls off of a ladder. <laughs> he, he messes up his seat. mouth open, and then he goes, "I'm gonna need braces," <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's really funny to me. Very funny. I see. I love, and I think this might be why I like. There will be blood. Isn't my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I don't like that movie actually. I don't know why I worded it that way. I don't like There Will Be Blood, and The Phantom Thread. I think is like amazing, but it's not my favorite. Uh, it's my I pre- favorite. I prefer movies like Boogie Nights and Magnolia because they do blend in this like comedy that's this like really funny stuff and phantom thread is funny at times yeah i think phantom thread's real funny yeah it is funny at times but nothing like i don't know these are just funnier to me Mm, not to me but um 
you know, it's fine. There's a certain yeah, like there's moments in which I laughed. Yeah, there there are a few, but there's other yeah. errors where I'm like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> um, okay, so this one's a breakneck one. You guys ready? Okay, hold on. We might have to stop you halfway through, but yeah. Uh, we'll see. Um, the show's former producer, Earl Partridge, also has cancer. His That's much younger wife. Way later in the movie. Uh, well, I already explained <laughs> the way that it's formatted. Uh, his much younger wife, Linda, who originally married him just for money, but now loves him, goes and collects his morphine prescription while Phil Parma um, takes care of him. Earl asks Phil to find his estranged son, Frank McKay, played by Tom Cruise, who is a real big misogynist shithead motivational speaker. <laughs> uh, yeah, so also one of my other favorite characters in the movie. I think Tom Cruise is doing a pretty good performance. Yeah, he's doing um, incredible work here. But this, I don't enjoy this character at all. Yeah, I mean, Be- obviously I don't like him, but like, yeah. I just like that this character is here, I think. It, it kind of, I couldn't get it out of my head, and this isn't necessarily fair to the movie, and I'll admit that. Like, I've had quibbles with this movie thus far. This one's not fair to the movie, I don't think. But the whole time I was thinking about the people who probably saw the Tom Cruise scenes and were, like, at the wrong age watching Magnolia or something like that, who were like... Oh, and they thought yeah, respect what, yeah, the cock he's re- yeah, was he's like on a, it. I, yeah, yeah, he's awesome. I agree with the, what he's saying. The movie is very critical of him. No, no, that's why I'm saying. Yeah. It's not fair to the movie. It's yeah. just the whole time I was thinking of like, God, how many shitty dudes saw this and thought it was so funny because they were like, ah, it's crazy, but he right though. Like, you know, again, not fair to the movie. Yeah. I do actually I, think more than other mo- mo- movies I've criticized on this podcast, I think this movie does a pretty clear cut job of showing that he's shitty because of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was also, like, nervous about, like, is it going to come too close to, like, heroizing this guy? Yeah. And I think that it is very good at being like, mm-hmm. no, nah, this guy's shit. Listen to what he's saying. I mean, half it, of, it, like, some of his, like, talking points are how to pretend to be thoughtful and caring and stuff like right. that. Like, And he also mentions, like, it's important to have uh, two chick two chick friends to lay a jealousy trap. Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> he's it, just um, very obviously, like... A scumbag does Just not care about shit. women right. at all. Um, I I think the movie like to a slight degree redeems him at the end, but also mm-hmm. not heroizes him, which I think is the most important thing. Like it, th- it, there can be an arc of somebody getting better, that's fine, but it it, it never like says. But yeah. actually, he was doing good stuff the whole time. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I think it handles it well. It, I I actually don't know if it redeems him as much as it humanizes him at the very end which we'll get to mark uh we'll talk about it when we get there yeah um i think it does if anything bit. it just okay. explains where he's coming from and that like what made him like this i'm talking about way further is, than both but of yeah, you are talking about. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I, I get what you're so talking I'm, about too but yeah but uh, can we can we talk about the interview he does or is that going to be tied into another paragraph nope, long nope Uh, Wait, actually, yes, hold on. Uh, Let me read one more sentence, and then you can talk about it. Frank is at that moment in the middle of an interview being conducted by a woman. Um, She reveals that she knows that he had to take care of his mother after Earl abandoned the family. Phil gets through to Frank, and Frank storms out of the interview. Now, speak about the interview. I think that I was, like, really skeptical about about this character um, Mm -hmm. until, I mean, honestly, until she mentioned... Like, why are you lying to lying about your parents in mm-hmm. the interview? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I like I think that Tom Cruise is really good in this. Oh yeah, yeah. when uh, he like shuts I, I, down. Look, I don't like I don't dislike Tom Cruise. I think he's really good, but I think he has a type that he plays a lot of times. You yeah, know, I think he is kind this... of a good actor. Is the thing though. Yeah, like, yeah. I do and, like him. And what's... and I I think the roles that I most respect him for are where he's playing scumbags. Like mm-hmm. in this, or playing insane, or playing it like in Mission yeah. Impossible, he is insane, and the movie acknowledges that, and that's yeah. kind of when he's best. Yeah, um, um, yeah. What's insane is that Paul Thomas Anderson wrote this part for Tom Cruise. Like he wrote this with Tom Cruise in mind, knowing he's going to be great for this role. It's really not like anything I've ever seen Tom Cruise do. Uh, it, yeah. it actually makes perfect sense at this time because he is coming off of his run of um, he is about to do Vanilla Sky where he plays insane. He's about to do Eyes Wide Shut, which is he actually break. So, so on the set of Eyes Wide Shut, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman watched Boogie Nights. Yeah, and then that was when. they were like, yo, PTA, come to the set of uh, Eyes Wide Shut. And like that, so that like super reserved and repressed Tom Cruise mm-hmm. is like turned on its head in this. Right. And then in Vanilla Sky, he's kind of playing both. You guys should watch Vanilla Sky. It's interesting. I, I probably will eventually. Um, It's Cameron Crowe. So that's why it's fascinating because it's way weirder than literally any Cameron It also came Cameron out Crow like movie. on 9-11. You're close to 9-11. Yeah. Um, it was like the well, it and glitter were like yes. just destroyed by nine eleven. Uh, Zoolander also, like Zoolander, did fine, but it was the first like comedy after nine eleven. Is a weird fact I know about Zoolander. <laughs> anyway, weird. Um, that is a yeah. Weird Tom fact Cruise is Zoolander. good in this. Uh, we'll talk a little bit. Uh, well, no, let's let's finish like talking about this interview, and then I'll talk about the Linda character, which um, is dicey for me, but. Yeah, Tom Cruise is very good in this. Mm-hmm. He he's got a big meaty role. He was nominated for best supporting actor, which mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if you're gonna like you would never attempt to give a lead actor role in this movie, would you? No. no. I don't think so. Maybe there's no I think if you clear had, lead. I think if you had to it would be John C. Riley cuz he kind of starts and ends it. But I was going to say one of the dads. Interesting. Cuz yeah. the dads are involved in more plot lines than anyone else. Yeah, so so I don't think you really give it to anybody, but yeah, no. I think best supporting Tom Cruise is the one that you, as the like marketing strategist for this movie trying to win an Oscar, Tom Cruise is the yeah. one you position. And the <laughs> marketing of this movie also wanted to like center around Tom Cruise, and PTA had to fight and be like, no, this is an ensemble. Market it as an ensemble. Uh, yeah. which was smart because this is not like a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, I feel like Did if you, you went into hear... this thinking I get, I'm going to go see the new Tom Cruise movie, you'd be disappointed. Oh, I'd be so pissed. Yeah. yeah. You would spend an hour waiting for Tom Cruise. Yeah. Did you guys hear what the teaser was? No. The teaser no. is just like it's something weird where it's like and I'm going to get some of the details wrong, but it's like the actors just looking into the camera and like saying their character's name. Or something like oh. that's the teaser. Interesting, weird. I would not want to see that movie based on. No, um, I mean, if I that. had seen uh, Boogie Nights and then I knew this was his next thing and then saw that teaser, I'd probably be interested. But I'm saying that like I have any discernment when it comes to seeing movies. <laughs> like <laughs> right, I would see, just, at this point, me and Mark both just run to the theaters yeah. and like oh, ticket for one, please. And they're like, "What film, sirs?" And we're like, "I don't." <laughs> what's out I, I truly think that if i was 
you know, seeing movies in 99, I'd be like, oh, PT has a new movie. It has this cast. I want to see it. And that's what that trailer does. Yeah, yeah it just true. does nothing for general audiences, which this movie well, really isn't. For, yeah, this movie yeah. does not give a shit. Yeah. No. Um, um, okay, another so, thing that happens in this time that I really like, uh, and this it, it's not important, but uh, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman when he's uh, ordering the like porn <laughs> magazines on the phone. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, because it's, he it's knows good. that... He knows that the son will be in the porn. Yeah, that he can like find a, a number, number to call. That, yeah, yeah, I love that a, that saying a lot because he's like kind of embarrassed. He's like, "Do you have uh, Playboy?" Oh, and he's like, uh, "Oh, you got that one." Yeah, no, that's a have, good thing. Uh, I like that hustler. Scene. And then, oh, and then the person uh, is like, "Do you do you still want the bread and eggs?" And he's like, "Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't I?" <laughs> it's, See, it's funny. I love PTA's humor. It is funny. I laughed really hard there. Yeah, no, that part that part was good. Uh, so Linda, who is the much younger wife, played by Julianne Moore, after trying to get Earl's lawyer to change his will so she doesn't get money, uh, then doesn't do that because she finds out that means Frank would get the money. She gets mad at Phil for calling Frank, but later mm-hmm. apologizes. She drives to a vacant lot and takes a bunch of prescription meds. Dixon, the neighborhood boy from earlier who did the rapping, finds her and calls the ambulance, but not before taking money from her purse. So what I want to say about this plot line, there's one thing I'll say about it later. Um, But for now, the one thing that I'll say is there are lots of elements of this movie that are good. Mm -hmm. One of the weaker parts is every now and then it will feel like bad improv. And what I mean by that is... An easy way to spot bad improv is like you can tell people don't have a lot to say where they and they're trying to be funny, so they just curse a lot. Julianne's Moore's character really feels like she was like asked to improv it, and so she was like, "All right, uh, so I fucking fucking like thought to fucking mm-hmm. like it just was a lot of like that." So yeah. I don't know if it was improv or the dialogue was so... that, but there's a couple other times and a couple other people who do things like that where i'm like well i cuss a lot that's not how people talk devil's advocate she's playing someone we see two suicide attempts one in the garage where she's like left her car running and then one with the meds um Mm. she's very flustered and just dealing with a lot of shame for what she's done in marrying a man for the money and then realizing that she was actually in love with him Uh, and she just the guilt she's carrying from that she's also dealing with losing a man that she now loves. Um, so she's very she's also addicted to pain meds. Yeah. So she's very flustered. And when I'm flustered, I'll, I'll, I'll do like a fucking, fucking shit. Fucking. Like I'll, 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 I'll do that to myself. Mm. You I sounded don't know. Like the guy from the King speech right there. Yeah. Uh, fucking <laughs> shit. Burger. I, I, just, I, I do. Just... I recite the King speech. I just, I've seen Julianne Moore in a lot. I don't think this Mm. is even close to like her best role. It like weirdly seemed, this seemed like the weakest uh, like storyline to me. I agree. uh, Very much the weakest. And like her performance wasn't necessarily the best. And she's better in Boogie Nights, but definitely better in Boogie Nights. But Um, I don't know. It's, I I, 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 I just, I see that, but I also see the side where it's like, People in these high stress situations do talk. Like sure, that. but 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 what I'm saying is it's not only her who did that. There were lots of moments. She is the one where it was most visible because that happened the most often. Was but the like, cocaine uh, girl the other one? Because she's, maybe, I she's mean, also just, being reminded of like when she was raped as a child. Uh, she's also on cocaine. And she's on cocaine. 
So I just, I just, yeah. it, it, it doesn't feel like it's the best writing um, or the um, best improving, and I don't know which one it was. It just doesn't really work for me. I um, never really connected to this plot line, and I think part Not of it is because all, yeah. she was on drugs the whole time, and it's hard to, like, most of her scenes, it was, like, her and a pharmacist or her and a lawyer, like, her and, like, someone that isn't really too important to the plot. Yeah, she right. was the most disconnected the whole time, kind yeah. of. Yeah. And it, that, it was just hard for me to latch onto that, and, like, the whole time I was like, okay, wait, who is she married to? Which which bad dad right, is she right, with? Right, right. Yeah. Um, it, it, like, I had a hard time just following that. Oh my God, we have so much left. Okay, anything else on this this particular? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I just scrolled down and realized, wow, the oh, bullets it's, it's, didn't stop. It's not that much. It's fine. Uh, it's a lot. Okay, so Keurig, if you guys have forgotten, that is John Z. Riley. He loses his gun and can't find it. He goes on his date with Claudia and tells her what a bad copy is. Claudia says he'll hate her because of her problems. They kiss. She runs off. What did she say that her problems were? I don't remember. She's vague about what they are okay. here. She doesn't. Because it sounded. Yeah. It, 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 I think she was like, I have a lot of problems that you're going to judge me for. And he's like, no, I wouldn't. Let me tell you my problem. I lost my gun. And like, I think she was about to be like, I'm a coke addict. Um, I think she was about to turn to him and say, if you're having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. Because I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. Hit me. Uh, and then John C. Riley would have been like, what? Why is there so much rap? Why am I encountering so many people rapping? (laughs) Be like, um, language. Don't use the B word. Right. Um, Well, she does use language and it bothers him in this scene. I forgot mm -hmm. what she says. And then Mm -hmm. she like apologizes and I don't know. It's kind of (laughs) sweet. Yeah. I mean, this plot line, I also don't really love. And a lot of it is like I I mentioned, it bothered me that she was still on drugs. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's just crazy to me. Um, but also it's kind of sweet that like, he's just so nice to her and Mm -hmm. it's clear that no one's ever been nice to her. Yeah. Uh, and she kind of just latches onto that. I really liked the early John C. Riley stuff. At this point, I am closer to Mark where I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. Whatever. Like, keep it going. Keep it going. Like it just loses, it loses steam for me. I love him throughout. And I think that this is, you love every element of this movie. This is a sweet date where like it's like mark said this is the first time anyone's really been nice to claudia and uh john c Riley, whatever his characters there's too many characters uh, but john c Riley fell in love at first sight and he was like praying to god to find like a match and he was like calling into radio shows and like he thinks he found someone i don't think it's going to work out for them because i don't think they're a good match but it's a sweet no. moment it's a sweet date they're they're there they're, for each other that night there's two characters named Jim. There's one named Jim and Jimmy. Like, fuck off. <laughs> like, well, when you that, have that many I characters, it's uh, just... You run out of names. You know, yeah. that's just one of the many coincidences of the story, Magnolia. Sure. Do we want to talk about it now? Because there wasn't a good place to drop it in the plot. Do you guys want to talk about the singing scene? Uh, Yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> wasn't a fan. Yeah, same. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't think it... Yeah, I get it, it which is something I'll talk about later. I guess it's like so. I don't totally get it, but I like aesthetically enjoyed it. Just like they basically did a musical number break almost, but, but it was like didn't. it was the least interesting yeah, music number were, possible. But it was the way they did it was that it was just like every single character who's like going through a uh, time on this night 
connected with this song. I guess it's playing on the radio or something, and they just all happen to be listening to it and singing along. I don't know. It's it's weird. And they all know the words to a song no one has ever heard before. Right. Uh, but in this world, I'm assuming it was a radio hit. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, which, like, fine. People do that in musicals. It's just, I don't know. It didn't necessarily work for me. And I was so annoyed by the music at this point um, because I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I think it, like, I was trying to keep track of it because I think it went full on maybe an hour and 45 minutes with with their never like music never stopping in the background like it would change or something like that but there was never an ounce of silence and it started really getting on my nerves because i was like stop telling me what i'm supposed to feel stop it stop (laughs) it stop it like i know like music works for that in certain elements but you are doing it for an hour and 45 minutes straight stop stop i thought it was going to be the whole movie and i was truly going to lose my mind it ends up stopping and i can't really figure out why it kind of stops after this musical number um, if I remember correctly, I am probably wrong. Don't text me I mean, or tell me I that I am. Think it it's, is three hours long. I, I don't, don't think care. it's as nonstop. I think there are like small breaks. There's definitely music throughout yeah. constantly, but like there's definitely small breaks throughout. I don't think there's ever an hour Later. 45. And I promise, because I was trying to keep track of it, there would be like like basically a breath as like a new track played, like whenever it did the music from like 2001 or whatever, whenever it transitioned to that kind of music. Um, yeah. I don't know too well, much. music. I am a fan of the music, which I, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know you're annoyed with me just saying that. But one thing I like about this movie is it's like, I'm going to sound like a dumb, dumb old boy mm-hmm. saying this, but go for here it. it goes. Uh, all these like parts coming together is like a cinematic symphony of like different parts. Com- I know. Dude, yeah, stop. <laughs> I know what I am. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't hate that idea, but it, it's truly like all these parts are coming together and they like come up to like a point of tension at one point And then they like, let us breathe for some point. And it's like, we're like going through this epic thing. That's like bigger than a movie normally is. And like the music is like a part of that. Like, Cutting yep. between things and the music is carrying you through different scenes with different people. I like sure. it a lot. I, like the I, line. I, I, I can yeah. I, I can accept that for the score, but then why do any of the song songs you pick are maybe the most like slow, boring songs possible? They're very like vanilla to me. Like if if, if that's your goal is like the cinematic yeah. like operatic approach, then go for that as your score. But mixing that with Amy Mann music just does not work for me. I like that Amy Mann song though. It's weird um, that they're all singing it, but I like it a lot. I think uh, I kind of respect the whole uh, everyone singing the song thing. I don't think it works for me, and I think it raises more questions than it, like, you know, I think it hurts more than it helps to some extent. There's a song or there's a scene in the show Sense8 where they all are singing one song at a time. But the premise of that show is they literally all, like, are connected and can take control of each other's bodies and stuff like that. So it's, like, them realizing they're linked and they sing um, What's Going On by the Four Non-Blondes, which is a (laughs) song I like. So that helps. I love that. But Um, are they not ripping off, but paying homage to, paying homage, homage? Homage. homage. To uh, Magnolia, you think? Uh, 
pro I would say probably, um, but it makes more narrative sense to me because they literally mm. are connected via their brains. Like it just it just right. makes, it and works better for me and these, doesn't feel as out of place in an already very weird yeah. show. And these characters aren't like plot wise connected and like literally connected. Right. But they have, they have a, like mutual friends. They have a connection that's vague that I think it really is mutual friends, the movie. Like it's not that crazy. <laughs> um, it's just friends of friends. Well, you you've seen more movies that have like played with this idea of interconnected stories since this movie though. Yeah. Like and I think uh, I like a lot of them more. Love the, actually I mean, is like similarly like interconnected stories. Yeah. Uh, yes. all those like New Year's Eve bad movies. Uh I think are trying to accomplish something Magnolia actually achieves. You know what movie does this actually that I <laughs> this fuck this is about to be a hot take that I'm about to be nuked oh boy. for. I'm ready for Cloud, it. Cloud Cloud Atlas does this because they're connected throughout time. Yeah, I haven't seen Cloud Atlas, so I can't really roast you too hard. I love Cloud I think Atlas. I haven't seen it, but I think that it is a little bit different because it's supposed to be like the same soul in different bodies. Yes. Oh, it's mm-hmm. a dog's but they're connected. It's yeah, kind of it's a, dog's a dog's purpose, purpose. but there's um, robots and shit. So again, Cody's more interested. Chad just picked up his own dog. I did. Um, I'm gonna go see a dog's way home and a dog's journey, and I'm gonna bring my dog, my emotional support animal. Are you gonna bring your <sighs> uh, mountain lion as well? Yeah, yeah, because my dog <laughs> made a friend when he was, when and it's he a was CGI away. mountain lion. Mark, you've been yeah. trying to say something. Go for it. I forgot. I'm, I I am still so mad at the nation for uh, a dog's journey. Um, it really sucks that we're getting two from the same author, like two movies I liked based it, on that series. I liked it better when it was called Homeward Bound and there was a cat. Yeah, um, agree. Yeah, you got to have some more cat representation in your pet movies. Secret oh, Life of Pets, uh, while it's a flawed film, does a good job of bad. It's a bad movie. <laughs> but hey, cat. The representation I, there is good. Are they going to replace Kevin Hart since they replaced uh, Louis C.K.? No, no, they, no, they're not. <laughs> um, I think that cats and dogs. There's a lot of like you know villainizing cats, but there mm-hmm. are a lot of cats in there, and I respect for that. A lot of funny yeah. cats. Um, a lot of good cats. Yeah. I'm uh, so uh, hungry. What were you? What I was going to say about the song is it reminded me of the thing from Hot Rod, and that's not important, so we can move on. <laughs> Wait, what <laughs> thing from Hot Rod? The one where they all start singing and then oh, a riot yeah. <laughs> the like rise up song when they're walking to the big yes. fest. It's very Hot Rod. Good. Hot Rod. It's possibly the best scene movie. of Hot Rod because that song yeah. is so good. It's, it's such the a best good scene song. in a per- almost perfect, like the, near perfect movie. The three people that are just like staring into the distance singing together. Like there's yes. a mailman, a mom, and like some other old guy or something. We are talking about someone hot throws rod. something through a window and starts looting is yes. the f- like is the perfect turn for you, that. you know why we're talking about hot rod Cody because No, this, what I was saying is we shouldn't talk about hot rod because is... we are definitely going to talk about it cuz someone has it at the top of their list, I think. But this um, film's influence is everywhere, including hot rod and sense no, eight. So, so, so Jimmy Gator goes home and confesses to his wife, Rose, that he cheated on her, which we had seen earlier in a montage. Yeah. Also a part where I thought I was going to hate this movie when we just saw a montage of naked women, like at the beginning, as uh, Tom Cruise was like, fuck women. Yeah. It was not the best. Montage strangely sets it up like it's going to be a movie about fucking. And then it's just not. 
it's it's weird, gr- truly gratuitous nudity. Like yeah. it's just like okay, because wh- you have why? Claudia, I think, having sex for coke. Um, yeah, and then you also have Jimmy Gator um, cheating on his wife. Yeah, I think there's, uh, and that's the Tom Cruise just talking about like right. disrespecting women. Um, okay, so, um, Rose asks why Claudia doesn't talk to him, and he says that it's because Claudia thinks that he molested her. She asks him if it's true, and he says he has no memory one way or another. Rose tells him he deserves to die alone, so he decides to kill himself. Tough, rough stuff. It's, uh, it really, this scene reshapes Claudia to me completely, and it just, like, She's a flawed character who does coke all the time and is just a mess. Uh, and a lot of that blame immediately shifts to Jimmy Gator in this scene. Um, right. Like 100% of the blame. Maybe not 100%, but a lot right. of it. Mm, a good, like, uh, 95 uh, Yeah. Uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Right. Yeah. Um, so Donnie takes the money from Solomon and Solomon, but then decides to give it back. Unfortunately, his key broke off in the lock, so he can't get it back in. He is seen climbing up the building by a passing gym. <laughs> Any thoughts on this really quick before we jump no. into what's going to be the fucking... My thoughts are on the next thing. 50 minutes long, and this episode's so long. Anyway. Okay. Then Frogs. The frogs knock the gun, uh, so frogs fall from the sky. The frogs knock the gun out of Jimmy Gator's hand so he can't kill himself. It makes Rose crash a car, but she's still able to run inside and reconcile with Claudia. Earl dies, and Frank and Phil watch the frogs. Linda's ambulance crashes. Donnie falls from the pole and hits his teeth. Jim drags him to safety. Yep. It's wild. Talk about it, please. Did you mention that the the, the quiz kid, uh, like the one that's still a kid, is like, this happens. That was his reaction. Yeah, yeah, he's just in the library looking. <laughs> he just at the didn't that's, have an interesting that's, reaction. That's the weakest part of the frog scene. Is just the kid like in the library, like, huh, frogs. And then I don't know. Then he has the. I'll tell you to what the actual weakest. Later, but that, I don't I'll tell you the frogs. actual weakest part of it, which is as I don't know if it's exactly as soon as the scene ends, or maybe after some shit gets like put together. But the camera like zooms in on this random like. Uh, like brochure or something that's hanging on the wall and it says but it did happen and it like zooms in on that that <laughs> sucks i hate that i it's i mean it's not like i'm not gonna like defend that moment because i don't think it's like mind-blowingly good but i don't think it's like oh. bad necessarily i think i, I think get why it it's is. there it's like the, the zoom or the frogs the zoom the, the frogs zoom. the frogs are falling from the sky and that's insane so Paul PTA knows that people are going to think this is insane. So he zooms in on this to say, but it did happen to like try to win back. the But audience. no, it didn't. I get why it's it, there. it didn't. It, it's like, it didn't. It didn't get you back. Well, but what I'm saying is it didn't happen. Like, yes, frogs, happen. frogs fall from the sky. Not like this. Not, not at the volume well, of this. Like, not like at this the amount. Countries. Not not like this. Fall, frogs fall from the sky, but the like force they were falling down, the amount of frogs, shit like that, not how it works. I've, frogs fall from the sky. I've read that it it was a pretty accurate representation for what it's like when it happens. And like it doesn't happen in the um, continental US and it certainly doesn't happen in Los Angeles where it just never rains. But like when 
when when PTA was like telling one of the actors, I forget which actor, but he was telling him, he was like, yeah, and then the frog was gonna fall from the sky. The actor was like, oh, that happened to me once. Uh, <laughs> I was like driving on this mountain road, and it was raining, and then frogs frogs started falling from the sky, and then I was like, oh shit, I can't drive, drive too many frogs on the road. <laughs> Um, so apparently it happens. Yeah. It happens. I'm just saying it doesn't happen. Like, this is yeah, LA is frogs covered this with frogs. And it fucking bursts through glass and, like, yeah. knocks guns out of well, hands. No, it's, and it's, like, like, it's like hail, but the size of frogs and the, nah, the consistency of frogs. It's, it would be like it also, that. It's also kind of like a, a plague. Although yeah. uh, uh, PTA claims that he didn't even know that frogs rain from heaven in the Bible before yeah. he wrote this. <laughs> right. Um, which is hard for this Bible kid to, to grasp. Right. Um, right. But it's, it's interesting seeing uh, him talk about this scene. Cause he, he mentions that like, you know, as he was writing this movie, he had a really, he was like in a really dark spot in his life. Um, and he like got really interested in this idea of frogs falling from the sky. And he would like, said that like sometimes when you're in a really dark spot like you have a just a something will trigger like a really religious experience and that thing might be frogs falling from the sky hmm. so i sure. i think to him like like it like the frogs falling is just like catharsis weirdly mm-hmm. interesting um, i guess which is interesting and it's not super well conveyed but i think like the fact that when frogs fall is when like you know the emotional climax of most of the storylines happens. Yeah. Like, like the Jimmy Gator is confessing, not confessing, but just like it's out that he molested his daughter. He's faced with the truth. He's faced with that truth. Uh, Frank is finally confronting his father and saying a lot of things he wanted to say. Uh, this kid stood up for himself and ran away to go to the library and study and he's hiding from his dad. It's a very, it's a climax for him too. like, it's a climax for all these people. Uh, yeah, I buy that, that it's catharsis raining from the heavens. I just, I, I, I don't necessarily love this scene. I don't know that the movie like earns it. The movie is so very kind of just standard drama the whole way through. So something this weird. Yeah, except frogs fell from the sky. Right. Literally at the end, it really feels like a dose. Uh, I'm going to say it wrong, but like dose ex machina, it feels like, oh shit, I have to wrap up this plot. Let me have something crazy happen. I just don't know that the movie ever has an ounce of enough weirdness for this really to play and it not but, feel out of place and kind of cheating. But to it me. did happen. It felt out of place, but it did no, happen. It, what? <laughs> that, that, that's not an argument. That's not it an happened, argument. Cody. I'm I'm kind of like 50-50 on this where yeah. I'm like the movie is so grounded that it feels weird that this is happening. That's kind but of I what also, I mean. I yeah. also think that like the the catharsis and like the like the emotion of it and like you know thinking of this as like like a religious experience that kind of comes in in like a really tough moment like a lot of these characters are in. Um I kind of like there's like a, a miracle happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the scene in you a, you don't necessarily, I, I sorry, the fact no, that no, it's go. grounded up to this point kind of makes it feel weirder in a way that I kind of like, I think in a vacuum, this is a very well made scene. Oh like yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's cool. It's a very expensive scene. It's just done. A lot of frogs died. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I assume. Yep. Um, and it's just, it's shot interestingly, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. It just, in context of this whole movie just doesn't Rules, really yeah. work Rules for completely. me. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
Um, it, it, it just, it doesn't, it, it, it just feels like a random weird thing for the sake of being weird. The movies that like set up ounces of weirdness throughout work better for me and things where shit just randomly happens so, at the end. I don't Tom, Tom, always love Tom Cruise's, uh, speeches aren't weird. Him, like, not, not those in are the same too realistic. Way. Yeah. The, nothing, like that's nothing not, supernatural happens, but this movie is very weird. It is weird. It's, it's not, but, but not in this way. They're yeah, not too, in a supernatural like, way. But this isn't even like supernatural. Within, it's just like, what if this thing that happens in other places just happened in L.A.? Well, know. but I don't. I don't know if like, I had never heard of frogs, frogs like it raining frogs until reading about this movie. Yeah, me neither. But it does happen. Um. Yeah, but, but that's but, like, not an argument. That- it's. It, it's not like I know that there are dudes like Tom Cruise in this movie because I know that there are shitty pickup artists, right? Yeah. And I, I, right. it's not like I've seen it before or I think it happens, you know, with every guy. But I, you know, I understand that it exists. Whereas Raining Frogs, I now understand that it exists, but it's not like something that's in the cultural language. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's saying something like, you know, sometimes uh, random bombs go off in other places. And if a bomb just went off and killed all of the main characters in this movie, it happens. Like, it would feel the same to me. It just feels kind of like a cheat. Or even, like, you hear stories, like, you hear the, 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 the fantastic stories of, like, a mom needs to save her babies, so she, like, lifts a car up or whatever. But, like, if the mom in this movie had, like, started ripping apart doors and, like, solving all the problems by, like, punching houses, like, I still would feel like it, it it's just kind of a way to wrap up the story. And I, But this I just, is a movie that's about those things that, like, don't happen or that extraordinary things that do happen every day that they say it in the movie. If it was in a movie, you wouldn't believe it, but they which, which just feels like a wave of hand. It's like, I thought yeah. it was something crazy. This is the way to explain it. See ya. Which, like, I think it would have been more interesting to have something where it's like, Oh, this is a wild coincidence, but it happens then, every day. That's more interesting to me than the frogs. I just don't I also, feel like then, the frogs are earned. I also don't always love it when movies are like, you wouldn't believe this if it was in a movie. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't. <laughs> but um, guess what? Then, I love movies. I love movies then, specifically about little how, aliens who ride in bikes. Be weird. Just fucking how stop. Do you excuse make, yourself? How do you make a movie about those things then that do happen, but that are crazy, that are insane, that are like too much of a coincidence? I mean, I... I think that you just you you can do that, but you don't have to be like this was in a movie. Like they, if mm-hmm. they literally say if this was in a movie, you wouldn't believe it. That's a little bit too on the nose. It's same fucking with Deadpool <laughs> coming and making same it with when Philip Seymour Hoffman Deadpool. is like this feels like the scene in the movie where the son is reconnected with his long lost dad, and which like, is a thing right. I would say in that situation. It's, it's, the, it's a thing you'd be like aware <laughs> of. I would. You'd be thinking about like. I'd be thinking it. Yeah. But like maybe the thing about know. movies is you say things that you think but don't say all the time in movies. I, I don't know. know. I, it, I don't. It works for know. me. It really works for me. It, it does not. I I can see how it for would me. work. It just it just it I don't know. It feels a little bit um calling your shots a little bit. Yes. 
I think I was telling you guys this off mic before we started recording. This feels like somebody who had a lot of successes in a row and was like, fuck it, I'll do whatever, and was very confident and very that sort of thing. And I think, I mean, we know that Paul Thomas Anderson now wouldn't make this movie like that. I think it, it, it... Sure. Kind of, it, it very much feels like a movie made by a young director who had a lot of success, success early on. It, it definitely uh, does because it is that movie, but I love the feeling that it's this director taking a very big swing. It's why I like Sorry to Bother You from this year so much because it's, it's mm-hmm. a huge swing and he goes for a lot of things and uh, nails it in most regards for both movies in my opinion. I, th- I think this movie just is a bit too messy. I, I would love to see Paul Thomas Anderson's 2020 Magnolia. A, it would probably be I would be love shorter. to see that. <laughs> B, I would love like to it- see that too. Uh, but it's not like a diss on what he made as a 28-year-old. I don't know. Either. It just, I don't know. It, it's a bit too messy for me. I don't like the frogs thing, and it's not because it's weird because I love weird shit. I just don't think it works let's wrap up jim helps donnie return the money and also his gun falls from the sky frank goes to the hospital to see his stepmother linda this is what i was talking about this is like the kind of redeeming moment as he goes to see his stepmother who like they have never really gotten along before um who is going to survive her suicide attempt he doesn't even know her name in an earlier scene something right yeah um stanley tells his father that he needs to be nicer to him but his dad ignores him and tells him to go to bed (laughs) which (laughs) <laughs> sucks, but also kind of makes me laugh. Yeah. The, the the idea of it, the scene's not funny, but it's just yeah. being like, Dad, because Stanley's boldness is so bad, uh, it's funny to me. It's kind which of rejected. Is why I think his boldness is like kind of supposed to be shy and bad. But I don't. I, it, it works. That, that, that's just that saying element, every bad thing in this movie is actually good. And well, I, I, that, I don't know. This works and doesn't at the same time for me. It's like a weird thing. I don't. I don't know how to reckon with. But it, it seems like that are why it's four and a half and not five stars for me. Um, Jim goes to Claudia and tells her that he wants to make things work. And the movie ends on her shot. Uh, this movie kind of dis- maybe disproves mine and Mark's. The last shot is the thesis shot. Uh, the- I mean, it doesn't disprove because like for some movies, that's still the case. But Mark, how, how do you feel about that? Do you think this last shot is kind of the thesis shot of this movie? Um, I don't... I don't really remember the last shot super well. It's literally just her face uh, as um, as um, John C. Riley's character. In. Yeah, as uh, John C. Riley walks in. It's um, it's Claudia's face as John C. Riley walks in. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. What, what the thesis of this movie is that like uh, parents can hurt their kids, and you have to move past that and i guess her accepting love into her life is moving past that so sure yeah sure fine. yeah it's one of those yeah. things where it's yeah. because it's about so many characters that there wouldn't really ever be that fulfilling of a last shot yeah. mm-hmm. that like summed or fulfilling is not the right word but the the thesis shot thing that you and i tend to like really hop onto it's kind of impossible yeah, I mean, to do because unless you had them all like standing in a circle and holding hands or something which i don't know <laughs> that could have been interesting like i don't know go nope. weirder with this whole movie what if, if the, you're going to be weird i don't know something like the wise up scene where they're all singing together again or something yeah Maybe, you know, I, but, I th- yeah i i think that like with, with so many disconnected plots you kind of have to pick one plot to be your final plot. And I guess that one makes sense because that is the one where like 
the damage has been done, and that whole storyline is about her dealing with that damage. And I, I guess same with the um, William H. Macy plotline. Um, I'm trying to think of how the Cloud Atlas ends, and I don't really remember. But anyway, <laughs> that's not important right now. No. I'm just thinking of other movies that are like big and interconnected like this. How do they end? How does Love, Love actually ends with the little boy uh, finding the girl at the airport, right? Mark, you've watched uh, it most recently. Uh, you were my hook in throwing it. Asking me to remember, like, the last shot of a movie that I, like, 70% gave, like, 70% <laughs> of my attention to two months ago, it's not going to work out well. I want to go ahead and tell you that. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, that's the movie. That's Magnolia. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think anything that we haven't really addressed other than... A lot of it. A lot of it. <laughs> Um, we can talk about, so what I was talking about with it being long, right? It's not just that there's things in it that I think could be cut, which we'll Mm -hmm. get to in a second. It's, it's, it's the thing we talked about with Schindler's List where it's the length starts to become oppressive and it starts to like weigh down on me and starts to become not fun to watch. Um, So Cody's told me already that like halfway through the movie he's kind of lost in it because he's a little bored yes uh mark were you bored watching this movie um i don't think so yeah because you did just say you were on never i was never bored it's long on my phone and not bored (laughs) um (laughs) that's just my attention span yeah uh I think that, like, the, you know, they never overstay their welcome on any plot line, I don't think. Um, and it, it's bouncing around, and it, it's it's moving mm-hmm. at a, enough of a pace. It might feel a little bit disjointed, and, you know, at times it'll, like, go to a, a, a storyline that I'm not super into. But, you know, it'll it'll leave that pretty quickly. It just felt very Netflixy drama to me, where it just sagged in the middle a bit, where I was like, okay, well... You know, huh. the the beginning and the ends are the most dynamic parts, and in the in the middle, it just kind of sags. And I thought that the the beginning was kind of the roughest part for me because I didn't really know any of the characters. Mm. So that, like, that's fair, yeah. it it was like an hour of like meeting people, and then I yeah. started to like see how they were connected a little bit yeah. more. So the middle of- for me on the first viewing was like the most exciting part for me because it was when you were making these connections and being like, oh, that dude who's dying is the producer on this show. And like, okay, so that, that is the same Frank. He's the son of the that guy. And like, so the middle for me was exciting. We need to wrap this up. This is about to Agreed. be our longest episode of yeah. all time. I'm about to Cody's cut Cody's cuts from this podcast. Yeah, I guess I need to do that fast. Cody's cuts, shing shing. Uh, here's what I would cut. Remember, Cody's cuts doesn't make the movie um, better. It just makes it shorter. Please, I would cut that sentence from this podcast. Go ahead. Um, please <laughs> do not even try and tell me that this part is good. I know how. People who love this movie are. I don't want to talk about it. Um, also, also that sentence is cut. So the, the <laughs> also this sentence. The the opening sequence that lays out the theme. Don't need it. Some of John C. Riley flirting. Julianne Moore's entire storyline. How long the little boy resists on the quiz show. 
Uh, I can't remember really what that note meant, but I think it's like probably when he's like holding his pee. He yes, and he's yeah. like, "I'm not gonna time. answer. I'm not gonna answer. I don't want to go. I don't want to go." Yeah, cut that. Yeah. Uh, the arbitrary nudity and the musical number. Um, bye, bitch. Um, okay. Yeah, most of my favorite moments in the movie are still there, so I can't complain too much. I knew you were gonna cut some things, but <laughs> it is so long. Um, okay, so o- overall thoughts, quick, Mark. I guess Mark, you would be the one because I think mine and chat people are going to think I hate this movie. I don't hate this movie. I just don't think it's a perfect masterpiece. I think it's good. I just am not thrilled with all of it. Mark for the sake of suspense. I'm voting last Cody. You go first. Oh, we're going to jump to voting. Okay. Uh, to remind you the best, uh, movie of 1999 was the iron giant. I believe it still is. The iron giant makes me cry. It is, my favorite movie. Um, I think the animation is gorgeous. I think everything in it is uh, pitch perfect. Um, and people really are going to think I hate long movies. I don't. It's just when it gets to a certain point, it's obnoxious. But uh, I mean, that we being all said, love Titanic. yes, Titanic rules and is True. longer than this movie, actually. Yeah. Um, Iron Giant, though, mm, brisk 90 minutes. Love it. Uh, <laughs> I vote Iron Giant as the best movie of 1999. Uh, so I guess I'm going second. Um, and I love both of these movies. I don't think Magnolia is a perfect masterpiece, but I do think it's a flawed masterpiece. I was in a position where I was like constantly trying to having to defend the movie because Cody didn't like a lot of things about it that I think have merit. But yeah, there's, there's Paul Thomas Anderson admits that the movie is too long. So like it's, it's, it's a little too long. Um, but I love it a lot. I love Iron Giant. I think both movies are, they're both weird. And my gut is telling me to vote for Magnolia just because it's more of like a, a, a bold swing. And I really respect that in movies. So I'm going to vote Magnolia. Iron Giant was an animated movie not produced by Disney and <laughs> was Brad Bird's first feature. But you're right, no swing. No, Mark, it's great. why don't you go vote? Why don't you vote? That, see, Iron Giant's more of like the studio that let him make the movie was taking a big swing. And I feel like this is more a filmmaker is making a bigger swing. But yeah, they're, sure, both, Mark. they're, both, they're both risky I, movies. Mark, I vote. agree with you in the fact that uh, Magnolia is a bigger swing. Um, but I'm not voting based on the size of the swing. I'm uh, voting based on the size how of my well balls. <laughs> what? Um, I don't know. I I really like Magnolia, and I think on repeat viewings, I will probably like it. I would probably like it more and more. I'm not going to say will because I can't promise you I'm going to watch this movie again. I don't have that much time in my life. Um, I I will I will watch this movie again. Give me a couple years though. Yeah, I um, needed a couple of years too. I think that. There's a lot of weird shit in Magnolia, and weird shit sometimes works, sometimes it doesn't, and uh, sometimes you gotta kind of let it sit for a while. Um, and you know, part of this podcast is you watch something, and then two days later you're talking about it on the record. Uh, so that's tough. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Iron Giant is something that I've, you know, watched. You know, I, I've probably saw it pretty soon after it came out and it's just been a part of my life mark and i don't want to be a sassy bitch but i'm about to huh? eat my whole hand <laughs> like i am so hungry huh vote yeah. please yeah um oh, well now that cody said that i might change my vote. <laughs> i'll probably <laughs> stick with it and go with iron giant 
Okay, Iron Giant is the best movie of 1999. Um, hey. Chad, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me at Chad A. Oliver on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Marcus, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Watlington Mark basically everywhere. Um, people have been doing like the 2008 versus 2018 thing. If you want to do the 2009 versus 2019 thing, you can look at, at Mark Watlington on Twitter. Did uh, you do give that? Give you a good look at you can. Yeah, that'd be me in 2009 uh, talking about how much I like the Orlando Magic, a uh, basketball oh. team that I didn't know anything about and currently don't know anything about. What the fuck Cody, you look, I don't know. <laughs> I have no defense. Okay, you can find me on the internet at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Cody Lunsford. Um,. You can follow the show on Facebook at the Best Pictures Facebook group. You can follow our Twitter at WePickPicks and also follow our Twitter account uh, at WePickPicks. Um, I have a feeling that by tomorrow, which will have been like a week when you guys are hearing this, uh, our Twitter account will probably be tweeting a lot about the new Spider-Man trailer. Um, so Okay, so how that. legit is that trailer drop? It, it's coming tomorrow. Like it, it is. I've heard this like eleven times on eleven different dates, though. No, 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 no. I, I, we do not have time to get into it right now. But I will explain to you as soon as we stop recording why <laughs> it is definitely coming tomorrow. All right, all right. Um, so okay. came a week ago for our yes, listeners. Exactly. Um. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck. I don't know. Even know what to do anymore. Um, well, you're supposed hey, to ask. Yes. What, yes. 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 The, yes. Yeah. Um. Mark, what's the best movie of 1999? Uh, Iron Giant, Chad, same question. Mm, Iron Giant. Uh, Cody, what's the best animated feature of 1999? No, fuck <laughs> You have to respect the bit. What is the best movie of 1999? It is The Iron Giant. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember, why are frogs falling from the sky? Um. <clears throat> next what week. The fuck was that noise? Mark? That was that was me starting off my thing by saying um, and then realizing I shouldn't have, so I fake cleared my throat. <clears throat> next week we talk about. Um. Honestly, we're gonna take a break from movies. We're gonna talk about uh, the midterms uh, and kind of just take a recap of the election news that. Oh, sorry, I misread that. We're talking about Election, uh, the movie. It's available to rent uh, where you rent things and to stream nowhere. I'm sorry.